Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the People Processes Podcast, where we dive into the updates, interviews, and yes, processes that will help your organization thrive. My name is Rami Alijil, and my goal is to help HR managers and business owners create an environment where their people are their organization's competitive advantage. Today, we are talking about a few compliance updates that covers changes on applications and how you receive them, minimum wage in a few states, tips and their ability to collect and share with other staff, and turnover updates. Oh, and don't forget, we post to LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook, and I would love to hear from you on there with any questions. You can also subscribe to us by going to peopleprocesses.com, where you will receive special subscriber-only content for free. People Processes is also available wherever you get your podcast, and it syndicates on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, and Stitcher Radio. So let's dive right in. First up, employment inquiries or applications. A new law in Michigan prohibits local governments in the state from adopting ordinances that regulate the information a current or potential employer may request, require, or exclude on job applications or during the interview process. This includes local prohibitions on salary history inquiries as well as local ban-the-box requirements. Notably, the law does not bar criminal background check requirements in connection with the receipt of license or permits from a local governmental body. This is kind of a pushback, a backlash against ban-the-box inquiries uh, that are going across, and they're winding up in a lot of local ordinances rather than at the state level. So uh, in Michigan, you know, certain cities cannot also add additional requirements uh, to the application level. Very interesting. We've been seeing a trend towards more and more ban-the-box ideas and salary history where you can't ask about that kind of information. Um, This is kind of the first pushback we've seen. Uh, Minimum wages. Nevada's minimum wage is adjusted each year based on increases in the federal minimum wage or, if greater, the cumulative increase in the cost of living. Uh, Normally this is raised every year, but according to the Office of the Labor Commission, the rates effective January 1, 2018 are going to remain unchanged. That's $7.25 per hour with an offer of qualifying health benefits or $8.25 per hour without such an offer. If you do not offer health insurance and you have employees in Nevada, your your, uh, minimum wage is higher. The rate for daily overtime also stays the same because the minimum wage rate is not changing. Next up, tipped workers. This is a big change. Under the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2018, an employer may not keep tips received by employees for any purpose, including allowing managers or supervisors to keep any portion of the employee's tips, regardless of whether or not the employer takes a tip credit. In response to the new law, the U.S. Department of Labor's Wage and Hour Division released the Field Assistance Bulletin 2018-3, which you can find on our website. It clarifies its approach going forward until new regulations are proposed on tips and the tip credit. The bulletin confirms that employers that pay the full federal minimum wage may now allow non-traditionally tipped workers, such as cooks and dishwashers, to participate in tip pools. It also states that the agency will immediately begin using new enforcement tools to protect workers' tips, including by recovering all tips unlawfully kept by employers and imposing liquidated damages and civil monetary penalties as appropriate. So now your tip pool can include more people, but keep in mind, managers and ownership are completely excluded from that. Okay? Kind of interesting. 
Next up, sexual harassment. Uh, companies are increasing their focus on sexual harassment policies and trainings due to the hashtag MeToo movement, uh, according to a rec- recent expert HR survey. Most employers, 92%, have a formal sexual harassment policy, and over a third, 38%, plan to update theirs this year. That's smart. Overall, employers seem secure in their ability to combat and prevent sexual harassment. 68% of survey respondents believe that their workplace culture is inclusive and provides equal opportunities for women, while 71% are confident that their employees feel safe to report sexual harassment. Well, those are more than the majority. Those are more than 50%. But that also means that 29% are not confident in their employees' ability to feel safe to report sexual harassment. And 32% of the survey respondents believe their workplace culture is not inclusive and provides equal employment opportunity for women. So that's very interesting to me. There's a large uh, segment of the population out there, probably among smaller businesses as well in general, that, that really need to take a look at this stuff. The last thing I want to do is do a little bit of deep dive into labor turnover rates. Normally we give you kind of a broad labor turnover rate, but we want to give you a little bit more. The BLS defines the separation rate as the number of separations during the entire month as a percentage of total employment. So the following separation rates we're going to go over are for February 2018 for private industry and government. Um, They are compared with the separation rates for February 2017, okay? So, total non-farm employment, private industry and government, 2.9% in 2018 versus 2.8% in 2017. So, this is what's interesting. 2.9% of the workforce changed jobs in February, okay? So, over the course of the year, that's like a 30, if you if you actually annualize it and take into account seasonal adjustments, it's like 32% of the workforce will turn over in a given year. Turnover is not that unusual. If you're way under this, that may be a sign that your organization is not moving forward, right? If if you have a, a, an incredibly low turnover rate, everyone looks at that as a positive, and, and I do too. I think it's a great thing. But keep in mind that sometimes that's a sign of stagnation, that people are able to just kind of go by their job without any stress. On the other hand, if you have a very, very high turnover um, that's obviously a sign of, of issues as well. I want to go into I'm going to go into a couple different uh, uh, businesses or a couple different uh, industries to give you some numbers. Keep in mind this is the month of February only. Mining and logging 4.1% 2018. Construction 3.7%. Manufacturing 2.4%. Very low turnover. Trade, transportation, and public utilities 3.1%. Information and information technology 2.8%. Financial activities, 1.9%, very low turnover. Professional and business services, 4.6%. Leisure and hospitality, 4.9%. Education and health, 2.2%. And then other, if you're not one of those, 2.2% as well. Government, (laughs) 0.9%. Low turnover. People go there for a long time. Keep that in mind. Take a look. If you have an organization of 100 people, it's not unusual if you're in uh, professional and business services to be losing three or four of those in a month. Now, hopefully you're a little ahead of the curve and it's down to one or two. Um, but if you go months and months and months with none, that's unusual. Maybe something to take a look at. Make sure that you guys are pushing for growth. It may not. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Again, there are some organizations that have a culture that can just inspire that long-term loyalty. Go for that. Absolutely. But make sure that you're not just, you have no pedal uh, on the gas, right? You're not pushing anything forward uh, because people will stay there forever if they don't have to do anything and they get paid. 
of course. Ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the day. My name is Rami Alijil, and thank you for tuning in to People Processes. Go out there, have a great day, and get your work done.